the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, January the 18th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. In 1778, English navigator Captain James Cook, he reached the present-day Hawaiian Islands. He called them the Sandwich Islands. Today in 1911... The first landing of an aircraft on a ship took place as pilot Eugene Eli. He brought his little Curtis biplane in for a safe landing on the deck of the cruiser USS Pennsylvania. It was parked out in San Francisco Harbor. Today in 1943, during World War II, oppressed Jewish people in the Warsaw Ghetto, they launched their initial kind of an armed resistance against the Nazi troops. The Jews were crushed in the rebellion. I have mentioned this before on this program, but I I spent time a number of years in missionary work, and I spent time in Poland and a number of other countries, and I met a lot of the family members of some of the Jewish people who were involved in that uh, attempt to resist the Nazi troops. It was a very, very sad time for them. Uh, the Jewish families in that, in particular in Warsaw, but in all over the world at that time. But uh, they talked about the stories that had been passed down in their family, very moving stories. That, of course, history uh, does record this uh, to a degree, that during this time and this particular day, the uh, Jews were going into the, into the sewer manholes and living in the sewers underneath the city in the what was called the Warsaw Ghetto. They still call it that today, but it's actually a, an area where there's shops and they sell things. And a lot of Jewish families that are ancestors of the Jews who resisted or tried to resist the Nazis, um, they've stayed there and, and created businesses there. And they tell their stories. It's very, very interesting. I met a number of them whose uh, family members had been parents, grandparents, and so on, had been part of that resistance. So it's a very um, poignant part of our part of history. Today, in 1993, the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday was observed in all 50 states for the first time. Today, in 2005, the world's largest commercial jet, the Airbus A380 Super Jumbo, it's capable of flying up to 800 passengers, was unveiled in France. Again, I've flown a lot in missionary work. I got to tell you, I, I haven't flown on one of those I don't know if I'd want to be flying around the world with 800 passengers or not. I prefer a half-empty plane myself of about 120 passengers in a 220-seat plane. Today in 2012, President Barack Obama rejected the Keystone XL project, a Canadian company's plan to build a 1,700-mile pipeline to carry oil across six states to the Texas refineries. President Trump... Uh, began that. He initiated the actual the construction of that. President Biden, of course, stopped it on day one, as he likes to say, when he came into office. He preferred to beg for oil 
from Venezuela. We live in some interesting and almost terrifying times. I hear more, after a lifetime in ministry, I've heard a lot of expressions from people. We've talked to people and had interaction with people our entire adult life. I've never heard more people more concerned, more deeply concerned, right now, about a myriad of things, not just one thing, but many things, that I have today. I've never heard the level of concern, ever seen the level of concern in my lifetime, my adult lifetime. President Joe Biden's Justice Department, we're learning this morning, is permitting the president's personal attorneys, the president's personal attorneys, not the DOJ, to search for classified documents in separate locations without security clearances or without the FBI present. Critics have questioned why Biden's personal attorneys were initially looking for classified documents. Why were they doing this in the first place? That was the first thing I said on this program when that news broke. I said, well, why were they looking for them in the first place? I mean, I'm glad they found them. But what what initiated their interest to start digging through his office at the, the his Chinese-funded office in his um, at at Pennsylvania University of Pennsylvania, and so what was the what initiated that? We don't I don't know. They don't know. They, it just did. Well, clearly there was something that triggered that. But others have questioned why the president's legal team was continuing to search in his home on last Thursday for classified documents, but they're still continuing. And nobody from the Justice Department is overseeing this. It's Biden. And they're saying that he said he would be transparent. It it almost, I mean, this is the striking difference between a king and a president. Kings do what they want when they want. And that's why we declared our independence against the King of England way back in the day. That's why the Declaration of Independence was was framed and signed, was because of these kinds of activities. Biden is acting more like a king than a president, and he's neither in the minds of many. But his legal team is prepared to search his other properties for any similar documents, and they, they are discussing it with the Justice Department, and they, they are saying that they will give the Justice Department the information if they find any. This is amazing to me. Particularly, it's interesting how President Biden has claimed complete transparency after the documents were discovered. And the begging the question is, why did they start looking for these things in the first place? Also, have you noted the difference between how the Joe Biden and Donald Trump have been treated over classified documents? Biden's people are telling the DOJ what documents Joe and Hunter had in their home and elsewhere. Well, the DOJ raided Trump's home, which was secured, by the way. Biden's is not in that sense. But they raided Trump's house in the dark of night. I'm just saying, what a striking difference. There's more differences. It's illegal for a vice president, Biden, or any other vice president, to have taken classified documents. They don't have the right to do that. A president does because a president has the legal authority to declassify any documents while they are in office in the United States. 
That's a, a large difference. And the press seems to be avoiding that on every turn. They mention it once in a while. But that was the first thing that popped into my mind was the fact that it was illegal for Biden to have these documents in the first place. He is not authorized, nor is any other vice president, doesn't matter who it is, they're not authorized to take these documents out of the uh, out of the White House and in the office and take them home and whatever. And yet they seem to be, have been living very loosely. Both sides have done this, but a president essentially has the right to do it because if they claim that he has classified documents, he can declassify them. Joe Biden was vice president. And again, he has this king mentality, but he isn't the king and he wasn't president. So I think he's got a brewing problem. At some point, I I hope and pray somebody's going to stand up and say this much better than I can say it with much more authority than I have. But that's the one piece that they keep skipping over. And it's real. It's constitutional. So I don't know. We'll see where all this goes. But it is very, very interesting and very, very disappointing. It almost breaks your heart when you see what's happening to a great nation founded under God, a city on a hill where people from around the world came, they assimilated, and they lived out freedom, religious freedom, personal freedoms. Now that has been so bastardized by the left, they call abortion a right, and on and on it goes. I was reminded of what Peter wrote, First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. He wrote these words. He said, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. He was writing to some people that were under a great deal of oppression at that time. They're called Christians. He said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I want to talk about a guy. I don't know his name. It'll probably become public sooner than later. But I want to talk to you about a guy who loves Jesus and he wants to share his faith. He's a black man. I would suspect from listening to his voice, and I've spent a lot of time in Africa, he sounds like he's from Somalia. His his, But I don't know that because I don't know I don't know for sure who he is. It'll probably come out in the news today or over the next few days. Somebody will find out who he is and publish it. But he certainly loves the Lord or appears to. He's pretty committed to Jesus. And uh, I would guess he's from Somalia just by his accent. But wherever he's from, he's a black man and he loves the Lord. He was wearing a Jesus Saves t-shirt at Mall of America in Minneapolis this last weekend. In fact, he's done it several times. Not a t-shirt, but he's gone there. And they became aware of him when he was sharing his testimony. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But he was wearing his Jesus Saves t-shirt at the Mall of America this last weekend. And he was told to take off his shirt or leave the mall. Now, I understand that this we're talking about this mall is privately owned by investors and so on. I understand that. When we look at the government and government properties and schools and post offices and so on. That's a different matter. I get that. But just stay with me on this. One person who saw the story on social media said, I knew this. Somebody 
videoed this exchange between this black Christian and the mall cops, and um, it got on the on the internet, and, and of course it went viral. But um, one person who saw it on social media said, "I knew this was not in our country, but I was wondering which country this was happening." <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people had that first impression. But this incident is a mere. It's a mirror image of the spirit of the left, the spirit of secularism, humanism. It truly is. Jesus' disciples called it the spirit of this world. We call it more today humanism or a number of other words. A man wearing a Jesus Saves t-shirt was ordered to remove the clothing or leave the Mall of America last weekend. Security guard at the nation's most famous, I'm sure it is the most famous center in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Many of us heard, have heard of it or been there. I haven't been there, but I, I think many people have. But they can, on this video, you can, you can hear the, the, tell, them telling the man, these, the mall cops, telling the man, quote, if you want to shop here, you need to take off that shirt. Another clip shows the same guard saying Jesus is associated with religion and it's offending people. People have been offended. The t-shirt said Jesus saves. It's a yellow t-shirt, pretty clear, big print, Jesus saves. That's his belief. He believes Jesus saves. So he was just wearing a t-shirt that said Jesus saves. On the back, it had that, you know, that coexist uh, sticker. You see it on the bumpers of liberals cars often and it, it has all the little you know the the various um icons of of christianity there's uh, i mean of religion there's christianity there's islam there's buddhism there's new age there's all kinds of stuff all these little symbols and it it it, it says coexist you know in other words everybody's supposed to come together and be kind of one religion because we all serve the same god you know and um no, we don't. But that's the essence of this this bumper sticker. Well, the back of his T-shirt had that coexist on there, and it said Jesus is the only way to God or something close to that. Yeah, Jesus is the only way. So <laughs> the advocates, advocates of different religions living alongside each other and peacefully is, is then crossed out on this T-shirt. The Christian t-shirt is advocating that Jesus is the only way to God, which is entirely biblical. I mean, Jesus himself said that. That is the truth. There's a real move today in the world to push people who are religious, regardless of what they are, whether they're some Eastern mysticism or New Age or or Christian or Muslim or Buddhist or whatever it is, to push everybody together and say, well, after all, we all serve the same God. Let's just get along. The Bible says unity, and the Koran says this, and so on and so on. And they're trying to push everybody together. This is a, this is a type of, of, of push toward globalism. The guys that are in Davos right now at this, this world uh, meeting, they're talking about globalism. They talk about it every time they meet. They talk about Bill Gates and other guys that are there to, uh, now, I, I believe it's this week, are talking about this. And they're talking about how to bring about kind of a one-world uh, system here. They want that. They see that. And, of course, they see themselves as the leaders of this one-world movement, without doubt. 
I mean, it's very clear how they see their role in this. But nonetheless, there is that move, and there's nowhere any more so than in Christianity or in religion. And Christianity is being affected by that, and there are some within the confines of Christianity that are saying, yeah, we we really need to come together. Jesus told us to be, you know, unified in all of this. Jesus told us to to have unity in him, not unity with all other religions. That's a very, very different idea. But it's presented as often, it's presented in the gray matter of of confusion. Because when you don't have a light, a lamp unto your feet to guide you on your path, you fall into confusion. And it is deadly, spiritually and often physically. During the tense exchange... These three security guards surrounded the man. I wrote an article on this today, and I actually included the video in the article. So if you want to see it, uh, just go to our website, faithandfreedom.us, and you can first thing you'll see is this article. And it's about this, and the videos are there. They're, they're very telling. It's kind of entertaining, too. But it's, it's, it's sad, and it makes the point that I want to talk about today. He can be heard saying, I didn't say anything. What he's referring to there is that last week, a week ago, he was in that mall, and and in full disclosure here, he was kind of preaching and telling people about Jesus Christ as they walked by. And the mall cops had shut him down and said, you can't do that. Again, I understand this is a private institution here, this, this mall. I get that. But this time, he's not saying anything. He's just walking around with his T-shirt on. And he can be heard saying, I didn't say anything. I didn't speak. I didn't say anything. I just went to Macy's. The guard replies, quote, again, it's all on video and you can see it. Again, I'm giving you a couple of options. You can take the shirt off and you can go to Macy's or you can and you can do your shopping or you can leave them all. OK, those are your only options right now. The officer later claims he was engaging in religious soliciting, but he wasn't. The mall forbids religious soliciting. As a private investment, they have that right to say you can't do certain things on our property. So the guard is saying, you're, yes, he said, you're, wearing, uh, you're walking and wearing that shirt is a form of soliciting. And we've had guests come up and say they're offended by your shirt. It's important that you note that, and I'll come back to that in a moment. They're offended by your shirt. The posts have attracted mass outrage online. I mean, once this was launched on social media, man, Twitter user named John Mason, another guy from what I mentioned a moment ago, he said, I automatically assumed this was overseas, but it's right here in America. Another user, I mean, there's just thousands of posts on social media. Another guy, Wyatt Sullivan, I don't know who these people are, but he said, if I ever go to the Mall of America again, I'm wearing the biggest Jesus shirt I can find. Well, he's not the only one saying that. Meanwhile, Pastor Chase Thompson wrote, he's apparently a local pastor there, he should sue them into oblivion. Well, that that's not a wise statement because you can't sue them. You don't have the rights on private property you do on public, but I, I get the feeling, believe me. But the clip has prompted this protest And it's by a group of Facebook people, and they are planning to wear Jesus Saves t-shirts 
to the mall on Saturday, February the 4th. And they're really promoting this. I think it'll make, it could make national news in a negative way. Uh, they may just ignore it because they don't want the message to get out. I don't know, but but we'll wait, we'll wait and see. But it has really grown, and there is a pretty significant list of people saying, I'll be there, and I'll be wearing my Jesus T-shirt. That's Saturday, February 4th in, in Minneapolis. We're not on the radio in any of the, in that area here, but if any of you have family there, tell them, you know, check it out. But they put out a, a deal. They have a, a, a banner on social media. It's on a number of different platforms. It says, Saturday, February 4th, Jesus goes to the mall. Uh, meet main floor front of Bloomingdale's at 12.45 p.m. and contact this Lucid Joe and all the information there, wear your Jesus t-shirt, and so on. Well, the mall policies prohibit inappropriate attire, and I'm quoting from their rules, including apparel that has obscene language, obscene gestures, or racial, religious, ethnic slurs that are likely to create a disturbance. I don't know what Jesus saves. I don't know how that falls into any of these categories, because it's not obscene, is it, to say Jesus saves? It's certainly not an obscene gesture, or it isn't racial. It is, I guess, religious, but it's not an ethnic slur. They're not trying to create a disturbance. He's trying to just give his personal testimony. The mall also forbids, quote, picketing, demonstrating, soliciting, protesting, or petitioning. That's what they were mad at this guy about because he'd been there the week before and he was, I guess you would say, soliciting. He was sharing his faith with people that would listen to him. The man was asked on a different day to leave the mall because of this, because of his Christian faith, because he was sharing his Christian faith. But this time, he wasn't saying anything, according to his own words and others that were there. He was just walking around with his T-shirt on. This is despite the fact that guards can clearly be heard threatening to kick him out. So the video, as I said, has prompted outrage online and plans for this protest on February 4th. But why were the guards so sure that Jesus should not be allowed in the mall? I want to, I looked into that a little bit. Let me talk to you for a minute about this. In 2017, U.S. population statistics showed that about 182,000 Muslims have moved into Minneapolis-St. Paul. This was in 2017. What is that, five years ago, six years ago? It's considerably more now, and I couldn't find a current number on it. But last June, the Associated Press published this headline, quote, Muslim call to prayer arrives in Minneapolis soundscape. Associated Press said the chant in Arabic blasted from rooftop loudspeakers, drowning out both the growl of traffic from nearby interstates and the chatter and clinking glasses on the patio of the dive bar that shares a wall with Minneapolis's oldest Somali mosque. Dozens of men, Associated Press says, dozens of men, this was in 2017, dozens of men in fashionably ripped jeans or impeccably ironed uh, kameez, tunics, rushed toward the mosque Dar al Hijar, I think that's the way you pronounce it. I don't know. Mosque. Teens clutched smartphones. Some of the older devout shuffled in with the aid of walkers from the high-rise complex across the street where thousands of Somalis live. This spring, Minneapolis became the first large city in the United States to allow the Islamic call to prayer, or the Hadan, to be broadcast publicly 
by its two dozen mosques. That means that blaring sound over big loudspeakers like you hear in the Middle East, you expect to hear in the Middle East. That's now being heard in Minneapolis. As more of them get ready to join this Dar al-Hijar, whatever, in doing so, the transforming soundscape is a testament to the large and increasingly visible Muslim community, which is getting the, greeting the change with both celebration and uh, caution, lest it causes a backlash. It's a sign that we are here, said Yusef Abdulli, who directs the Islamic Association of North America. It's a network of three dozen mostly East African mosques. Half of them are in Minnesota. This reflects a growing trend in our country. It was not missed by me or perhaps others. But a nation founded on Christian, not religious beliefs is on the one hand allowing Muslims to blare their prayers five times a day across that city on these big blasting kinds of um, loudspeakers. Five times every day blasting the Muslim prayers and a call to prayer to Allah. And yet one black kid walking around in the mall with a yellow t-shirt on that says Jesus saves, oh no, we got to get rid of him. That's the problem in America today. Founding Father Patrick Henry made it very clear. He said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. Because of the Christian virtue, because of the Christian values, the Judeo-Christian principles upon which this nation was born, other people of other religions can come here and freely express their religion. But how have we gotten to the point when one Christian black kid can't wear his yellow t-shirt that says Jesus saves? How have we gotten to this point? I think we all know that answer. When Christianity and its principles are the foundation of a nation, that nation thrives. Patrick Henry and all those guys from England, they knew that. They fled that. That's what the war, the Revolutionary War was all about. His words were not out of the ordinary. It was common among the founders. If anybody takes the time to read and to study our founding documents and the letters and the notes that went back and forth, as well as the legal documents, and including those, the Declaration of Independence of the Constitution that framed this nation, to be a nation under God, therefore allowing other religions the same freedom that was afforded to Christianity when our founders carved out this great nation. Boy, I'll tell you. James Madison said, We have staked the whole future of American civilization, not upon the power of government. Far from it. We have staked the future of all of our political institutions upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves, to control ourselves according to the Ten Commandments. No, that's not the Koran. That's the Bible. America is the prize. There's no other country like this on earth. When people risk life and limb and travel thousands of miles to sneak into the country illegally, that's what America is. We are a magnet for people to come here. But now it's being abused to the point where other religions are, begin, are given a free pass. Well, a black guy wearing a yellow t-shirt that says Jesus saves is kicked out. 
and criticized. That's why we try to say what we say every day on this radio program. And thank you for supporting it. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.